Today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future, starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes, while activating a child's broader community to gift contributions on birthdays, holidays, or any occasion. We're teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free $15 investment to gift to a child you love. Simply go to partners.getearlybird.io slash podcast or the link in our show notes. Download the app and create an account today. Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the children you love. Hey sis, welcome back to the podcast. Today I am by myself. Emma is on a really fun family trip. Um, So I am having my mom on the podcast as my second co-host. So we're talking kind of about parenting today, relationships, all the things that mom and I usually sit around our kitchen table and talk about, we're going to talk about with you guys. So mom, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us about where you grew up, what you've done the past, your life, you know? (laughs) Okay, so I grew up in Hawaii and eventually moved from Hawaii to Arizona um, partway through college. I was a jewelry and metalsmithing major, so I have bachelor's and master's degrees in jewelry and metalsmithing. And as far as my art goes, moved from making jewelry to making small sculptures, uh, primarily based on botanical references, so various um, plant images, kind of loosely. And did that for a long time, including when you guys were little. And then eventually, due to arthritis, I am no longer creating artwork and moved from volunteering at school um, from both your elementary and middle school high school to eventually working there at some point when you were in high school and i am still there even though you guys are all gone so i basically am the mom slash nurse slash whatever everything goes at the front desk it's true when we were in high school if she would come into one of our classrooms everyone say hi mom and norton so she is the school mom and that's kind of why Um, we're going to be talking about parenting today just because I think a lot of people, um, see their parents and think, oh my gosh, that's definitely not how I want to raise my kids. Um, at least when you're younger, you know, when you're, when you're in high school and you're younger, you're like, I'm never going to be like that when I'm a parent. Um, but I think I'm really lucky in that my parents have really modeled great parenting and it's something that I want to emulate. Um, and they've always been a place of unconditional love and support, even when they don't always like agree with our decisions. And they've also been a place of acceptance for a lot of basically our friends over the years. Like if our friends come over, they come over to like honestly hang out with our parents as well as us. Like we just like sit at our kitchen table and like talk to my parents. Um, so because of that, I thought, let's learn how to be good parents even though we're probably all under the age of like 25 listening to this podcast but um so I kind of wanted to start with building trust because when we were younger you guys were pretty strict I would say but you always like explain the why behind the rules that we had like it was never this arbitrary exercise of power you never said like because I said so um but then when we were older 
we didn't really have rules I would say like I remember going to college and I was like oh my gosh I have like so many more rules at college than I have at home um like we had a curfew at college and like boys couldn't be over and like all of these things in college that I didn't have at home um so I just wanted to kind of ask like how did you build that foundation of trust um to where when we were older you didn't really need to like lay out strict rules I would say um from basically the moment you guys were born I you know we were strict as far as having schedules that was one of the things for all of you that you know scheduling everything from um, when you guys were eating to when you were going to bed I was pretty rigid on that so there wasn't a lot of flexibility just because I felt that if you had that um, obviously, you know, sleep is important. Things would always look better after you had slept. So starting with that and then just talking through things as far as choices, um, even though they might have been small, I think a lot of kids feel better if they feel like they get to make a choice. It might literally be between two kinds of cereal or what you want on your toast, something that seems inconsequential to an adult but to a child is huge if they feel like they actually get to choose from a and b or a b and c so that was one of the big things was giving you choices that i could deal with or that dad and i could deal with where it still gave you i think the feeling that you had control in your lives so yeah the whole because i said so thing I tried really hard not to do that. As far as the trust, I think we just talked a lot about different things. I don't really think there was necessarily anything that was not on the table. I mean, depending on the age, you know, trying to talk about things, you know, in an age appropriate way, depending on what came up. But AKA babies, how babies are made. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> that and, and other things, but just basically talking about um, what I think possible options would be as far as the choices that you know you either other people might have chosen to make and whether that was literally watching a movie a show i think and having conversations and i know there are things you joke about now that you couldn't believe that you know um i thought were scandalous even though they really weren't but just talking i think that was the big thing is talking so as far as being able to build trust for later it's needing to be able to have those conversations and just you know like i said trying to keep lines of communication open as much as possible when you're younger um as far as moving into not necessarily having rules when you were older i think it was because the i mean the trust was already built i think had there been a whole lot of um pushing boundaries as far as not that there weren't you guys all you know pushed the boundaries but they were pretty um, small ways but as far as not having curfews and things like that I think we discussed you know why it would be you know best for you to be home at a certain time everything from you know well nothing good happens after midnight if you're out or talking about drunk drivers or this that or you know and the other thing as far as knowing that you had um, there were reasons why it was not a good idea to do you know to stay out late do those kinds of things um so yeah i can see that it would have been you know a little odd at college knowing that you actually had a curfew but you none of you stayed out late you know i i think because of that you all realized it was better to be home at a reasonable you know reasonable time and all of that but again i think it was just primarily through talking more than anything else is just trying to keep conversations open about the options yeah i think too like there was never any like shame involved for me because I remember 
even talking about, I mean, I don't drink, none of my siblings drink, um, and, like, when we would talk about that in high school, like, you guys laid out, you know, maybe why it's not a good idea for us to drink based on our own, like, personalities and things like that, but it was also, like, I remember you always being, like, before I went out, like, if you drink, like, it's, it's totally fine, just, I don't want you to drive, I don't want any of your friends to drive, so just call me, like, I'll pick you up, I'm not gonna, like, you're not gonna be in trouble, you're not gonna have any questions asked, like, there was never any, like, shame wrapped up in decisions I feel like even when we maybe made a decision that wasn't like that great it was more like a curiosity of like well why did you make that decision like what it was never like a shameful thing which I think is I don't know just like really healthy because I never had this I put a lot of like pressure on myself and guilt on myself but I never had that coming from you guys and I you know and I'm glad that you didn't feel that I think with um knowing that you always had an out I think that was important, you know, that to me, and I, I feel like it's something that is, I, I think, a good thing to carry forward at the point at which, um, you know, you would become a parent in that it's fine for me to be the scapegoat. I never cared if I was the scapegoat. I would far rather my kids say, oh, you know, my parents will kill me if I do that, you know, anything, like just basically using me as the scapegoat in that instance and knowing, well, no, my, you know, your parents won't find out, oh, no, my mom will know, my dad will know if I do X, Y, Z, that it's far better to have an out with and being able to save face, so to speak, because I think that's part of it is that needing to be able to feel like you, um, have that out that isn't necessarily known to the people that you're hanging out with you know whether that's a code or any you know something yeah. like that to just know that that's out there um and again because it's there you have to work through the decisions as much as you want to save your kids from making choices that might not be good um good or bad they have to go through some of that experience on their own and making them feel ashamed for it isn't really helpful in the long run yeah, that's kind of like, well, the next question that I wanted to ask was, how did you handle the tension of supporting us unconditionally, even while you didn't necessarily like agree with some choices that we might have made? Like, how do you voice your opinion? And then how much do you let us work it out ourselves? Like, how do you handle that tension as a parent? Um, I think the beginning of that, you probably remember me saying, not on a regular basis, but, you know, occasionally saying, I love you, but I don't love the behavior. That, no, on a regular basis. <laughs> that For was, me. <laughs> that was a phrase, trying to take, trying to take love out of, you know, take, removing that part of it as far as um, no matter what you do, I'm still going to love you, but it doesn't mean I love the behavior, whether that would be a tent you know, temper tantrum in a store, so to speak, or, you know, something like that. Um, to you know whatever the action was that I still love you and I love you unconditionally it's just that I don't really approve of whatever the behavior is um I think it's difficult to you know to not give your opinion I'm sure I still gave my opinion a decent amount as far as trying to figure out um I don't know letting you know what I thought and what I might choose to do but then ultimately I think I always said the decision is up to you and if you needed to kind of talk through you, meaning you or your siblings needing to talk through things, um, really, I think, you know, letting you work it out and letting you just talk and, you know, verbally process however you needed to go through it. I think it's hard for a lot of people, you know, parents to not take things personally. 
I think a lot, you know, I think there are quite a few parents that get hurt by things that their kids might say or things, you know, feel that what their kids are doing is a direct reflection on them and their parenting skills. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I'm not saying, you know, that it might not be some of the time, but for the most part, it's not, um, you know, every, you know, your kids have their own minds and are going to act, you know, somewhat accordingly. But I think the biggest thing is going along, like with the previous question, when um, talking about building a foundation of trust, I think if that's there, it's a little bit easier to let some of the rest of it go as far as being able to be supportive because you hope that you've laid the foundation that will allow your kids to choose um, wisely as far as what they've, you know, what they're going to do either with friends or moving forward in other parts of their life. Yeah, I always joke that um, I'll have to post the the meme that I always send you of Kris Jenner on Instagram because like a lot of people I feel like are like, oh, my parents need to stay in their own lane. And sometimes I'm like, my mom needs to get in my lane. Like she allows me to make my own decisions so much that sometimes I'm like, mom, can you just please tell me what to do. And like, there's this particular meme of Kris Jenner that I'll post where she's just like wearing glasses and she's like, I'm sorry, you're overwhelmed. Like no expression in her face. <laughs> and I, that is sometimes mom, like when I'm like, I'm stressing out and she's just like letting me talk through it. She's just like, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. I'm like, mom, please fix it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. But I think as you guys have gotten older, I mean, when when you were younger, I think I gave you the option to fix it. I yeah. remember distinctly, especially things that would possibly happen at school, whether it was an issue with the teacher, et cetera, I gave you the option at a very early age to say, I can go in and I can do X, Y, Z, or you can try and talk to the teacher and work through this. And I think as a re- result of that, I think all three of you, um, if it meant something to you, you went to bat for yourselves, yeah. but you knew I was there and I was very willing to swoop in and try and, you know, help with whatever it was. But I think you became very adept at being able to advocate for yourselves um, with adults, which I think is important. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember. I don't think any of us like I know you. I remember you being like, well, do you want me to like say something? Do you want me to do something? And I'm, I don't think I ever took that option. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us ever took that option. And yeah, that meant maybe, you know, marching into teachers' classrooms or principals' offices a little bit more than they might have liked, but... But but you guys did it, and I yeah. think it's a, you know, it's important that you guys were able to do it for yourselves. Yeah. Um, this kind of is around, like, kind of along the same lines, but how did you foster an environment where we were free to make our own decisions? Because I feel like it's... I feel like my experience has been kind of unique and especially like really big questions like faith where we were obviously we were all raised in a Christian household and we went to church growing up and you know we prayed and we were we were a Christian household but I remember like you saying to me like I it doesn't matter to me if you're like a Buddhist I want you I, I want you to believe in something I hope it's the same thing I believe in but ultimately like it's your choice and like for something that big I think it's hard for me like I'm the oldest sister so I have like expectations or like I want to protect my siblings I want them to make like safe decisions or whatever and so how do you let go of like it's hard for me to imagine letting go of control and expectation and worry that much and I imagine it's a hundred times harder as a parent even especially with questions as big as like faith and things like that I think you know, an- another one of the things that I always said is bottom line is I was just hoping that every 
I felt it was important to be a good person. I think regardless of where your faith led you. And I think I had, I saw enough of, for lack of a better word, things being possibly like crammed down various kids' throats or like people my own age when, um, you know, when I were young, you know, when I was younger, as far as that's exactly, um, you know, this is what you have to believe and there is no deviation. And having, I think, um, worth and acceptance attached to that. And I don't, I never felt that that was right. So I felt as long as you were presented, you know, presented with the options. And like I had said, I didn't care what, um, you know, your, the final, you know, choice was as long as you, I think bottom line continued to be a good person and, you know, trying to take care of other people, etc. And, that's why going along with like even moving from one faith setting to another as far as denominational, you know, to non-denominational, I think as you guys got older and, you know, various things would come up and have, you know, more eye-opening experiences, I feel like it's, it would be natural to move from, you know, what, what your parents have done, where your parents have gone to church into finding your own way and finding your own um, church or, you know, again, if for some reason you're completely changing and you decide you're going to become Buddhist. Um, as far as letting go of the control, I again, I think, I mean, it all goes back to laying that foundation that ultimately I think whatever that foundation is that's laid. And as far as, you know, worrying about all of that, it's difficult. You know, you hope that at the end of the day, um, Every, you know, everything works out. And as far as expectations, I feel it's hard to have, it's, it's a um, hard road if you have really high expectations as far as this is what I expect you to do for your child. And then if you have verbalized that and then down the road, that is not what they do. And then it leads to them feeling like they've let you down and having all of that guilt and anxiety over that. I think it's I like I said I think I was pretty clear that it was it wasn't really negotiable so to speak when you guys were little little but again you know we went you you followed along you did all of that but then as questions came up as to why things were happening um, especially in the church in various ways and kind of how it went along with other things. At that point, I felt it was more important for you guys to figure out if there was someplace else that you felt you fit in better, that that was now your option as a teenager to figure that out, that if there was something that um, you felt more supported in a particular environment, I wanted to try and make that happen. Yeah, I think my most formative memory, not most formative, one of my most formative memories is when I, how old do you think I was? Probably eight when I told you I was boycotting Sunday school? Probably. I I just, we were talking about, we, I just felt like we were, in my Sunday school class, we would talk about how, like, the church is a place of love and acceptance, and then everyone in my class was, like, so mean and judgmental, and I was like, Mom, they're so hypocritical. Like, this just isn't right. Can I, like, I'm boycotting Sunday school. Like, I'm taking a stance, which, like, probably nobody, No, I never made an impact. No one knew why I was boycotting Sunday school or that I was boycotting Sunday school. And you're like, yeah, that's fine. Like, I understand your reasons, but you have to do something productive with your time. So then I would go and I would help with like the the toddlers instead. Mm -hmm. um, so you were still there. 
you know, the, yeah. the important thing is you were still there. It was just moving it into another aspect. And I, I feel like it was still, you were still there. You're still, like you said, being productive, being helpful, you know, or the other option would have been that, okay, at that point, you know, then you're just going to the church service and you're not doing um, you know, Sunday school itself at that point. Yeah, but there's like still a choice in that and mm-hmm. you let me feel like I could like take a stand and stand mm-hmm. up for what I believed in and figure it out on my own, mm-hmm. which was like really important to me and also like explains all of who I am. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> boycotting Sunday school at age eight is, yeah, 100% <laughs> me. Um, so I, this last one on parenting before we move into like relationship stuff, what is what do you think is the most challenging part about being a parent and what is the best part? I know that's like a really open question. Very open. And I think it depends on the age. Um, There are challenges, I think, at each stage of parenting. There are, you know, whether that challenge is, you know, anything from getting your kids to sleep through the night and you being able to navigate sleep deprivation as a parent and still hopefully um, remain somewhat sane and just that you're trying to keep your kids safe. So from when they're very little all the way through, you know, going to school and graduating that your ultimate, you know, my ultimate goal was wanting you guys to be safe, feel safe, um, hoping that you would make, you know, make good choices, hoping that you would find something that brought you joy and just, you know, the fact that it's not always pretty watching your kids go through painful things because there are you know everybody has something you know at some point in their life and you know all three of you would have had you know times in your life where there were challenges and things were painful and I think that's probably the most challenging thing is as a parent you hurt when your kids hurt and you want to be able to take that pain away and that's where like the whole you know desire to want to swoop in and fix things and make it better um as much as you want to do that you can be there and you can be supportive but ultimately um that that's all you can do whether it's just holding them or sitting there and listening to them or being there when they come home late at night and you know need to talk things through you know as far as being the best part i think it is whether it's from little successes watching you know watching you guys move through the different stages of your life and seeing you overcome whether it's a little obstacle or a huge obstacle it's being able to kind of be your cheerleader you know and thinking how great it was that you were able to you know get through these things and accomplish them whether it was you know you or your siblings i feel like that's the best part is just watching you guys grow and develop and change and even now you know all three of you are continuing to change and move into different things and ultimately I just want to be there to be supportive as far as um, you know regardless of which way you guys go with the directions in your lives that I just want to be able to be there and support you so that's really I think the part that's the best part is just seeing where you guys go at different stages yeah um I want to kind of like transition a little bit to talk about marriage and relationships um because I think you and dad have really exemplified a partnership and what it means to really be equals in a relationship um and I think that's something that's really unique as well honestly like I remember I first started working at justice and I remember this one girl saying to me you're the only person I know whose parents are still married and I was like what like the more you go into the world the more you realize like not only are one like long marriages rare but also two long marriages where people actually like still have love for each other and still are like treat it like a partnership and like a team 
Um, so I wanted to ask, like, what it, what about your relationship is so special, and what do you think it means to be equals and partners in a marriage? I think really probably from the beginning, just because of how we moved through, because we were both in school, um, and then having to do things long distance, and then coming back together, and then, you know, getting married, I think we had a lot of time to figure out who we were before we got married so being able to have that development and growth and already have our individual um relationships with you know friends etc established and being able to then have both you know our relationship together and wanting to do things together but then also having the time apart as far as Um, making sure that you know spending time with friends or again because of the you know the imposed long distance just because of schooling that again it was it was a way for us to grow and know that we were secure both in you know our relationship you know with primarily in our relationship with each other as far as trust but I think that also goes through with how we parent as far as completely trusting the other person so I mean, I mean, I think that's really the biggest thing is that we've always had complete trust in each other. There hasn't ever been, um, you know, thoughts of being jealous or being left behind or left out. You know, when one or the other has gone off to go do something with friends, there's never any guilt trip, you know, by the other person that is not going along. I think we all look forward to it we miss each other when we're not together but on the other hand it also you know we know that with each of us doing our activities that we want to do it basically brings you back refreshed and kind of rejuvenated and being able to have something more to be able to kind of give back to the other person so that you're um, you know, feeling more in relationship again, because you also, you know, you have, you get to hear about all the adventures and, um, you know, what they've done. So I think, you know, that's, I think the biggest thing is trust. But then as far as being equals, I think we've, it's, it's always pretty much, I mean, I think it's always pretty much been that way, again, building off the foundation of trust in that we, you know, obviously there are some things that it's like, well, you know, some of the menial chores where it's like, you know, there are things that he does that I don't do and vice versa. And that's just the way it always has been. But it's never been expected that this is my job, so to speak, as far as this is women's work, this is man's work. Um, So in that aspect, I think we always were um, pretty good about those things. As far as raising you guys, our big joke was always that Um, you know, dad was parks and recreation. And I was the person that was more school and discipline somewhat. Um, But again, just because it's a balance, even though it's like an equal partnership, so to speak, it doesn't mean we're the same. We Mm -hmm. balance each other out. Because again, your dad was the one that was always better with, um, you know, being able to go out and do the fun things. You know, he didn't want to deal with all of the school aspect, but he wanted to deal with the fun things. And I think, but uh, dang, did he deal with math homework? 
Oh, yeah. Everyone. Yes, he was able to deal with, in that aspect, yes, he was able to deal with math homework, but he didn't want to deal with, you know, the other school decisions. If you have not cried at the kitchen table doing math homework with your dad, we're not the same. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a universal kid experience. (laughs) Like, your dad is, like, trying to explain math to you, and you're just crying because you just cannot get it, and it's been five hours. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as far as longevity, um, it's work. I mean, it's it's work. That's the biggest thing is I think that it's not, um, you know, all relationships have, you know, ups and downs and you cycle through things. And not only is it just moving from when, you know, you're newly dating to, um, you know, moving forward into getting married and, you know, having careers and then moving forward into deciding if you're having kids and how are you going to balance kids and, you know, is somebody staying home, not staying home? And I think that was one of the other things which probably led with, um, led to some of the decision with choice, even for you guys is, um, I always had a choice, you know, it's it's not like I was told that I had to stay home. I had the choice as to whether I wanted to stay home and I was very grateful for that, um, you know, for the points at which I wanted to be home for and then, um, you know, being able to do my artwork and then eventually going back to, you know, working outside of the house. It was something was all, you know, that was always a choice and it's not always that way, I think, for everybody. Um, but again, the biggest thing is work. It's just, it's work. It's not that it's always the... Um, you know, romantic thing, love moves through different stages in life. And I think it's not always easy to see that when you're young. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last question for you guys going off of that for you guys, I say as if dad's here. Um, dad's downstairs is very grateful that he's not on the podcast. <laughs> um, what is your best relationship piece of relationship advice for girls, women, our age, you know, me and Emma, both Emma Angel and Emma, my sister? Like, what is your best piece of relationship advice? I think we, I've kind of covered it a little bit already as far as how dad's and my relationship has moved through things. But I think um, as far as, you know, moving into a relationship, you know, with a significant other, I think not being completely and utterly consumed to where you have let everything else go as far as everyone else in your life go. Because again, I think it's important to not lose track of who you are in the relationship because having your individuality is what attracted the other person to you in the first place. And so needing to um, hold that somewhat sacred as far as having time for other people. Um, I think it's a little bit easier as you get older. I think it's more, I think it tends to be younger um, people that tend to, you know, completely isolate from, you know, from their friends if they find somebody. But I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing is no, if you haven't figured out who you are yet, take the time to figure out who you are. And if you're single, enjoy being single. And if there's a person at some point that you're willing to give that up for, and I think you guys have talked about that in the podcast, I think that's a pretty telling indicator um but don't lose sight of who you are both individually and you know with your friends i think you know be purposeful in and intentional you know with that time both the time that you carve out for um the other person in the relationship as well as for your other relationships with friends and family um making sure that there's time you know, for everybody doesn't mean it all has to be everybody all at once, but just being intentional, even if it's just something small with, you know, the people that you don't see on a daily basis. 
Yeah, I think, I mean, me and you and Emma, my sister and Emma Angel, it's really confusing because we all talk about the same mm. thing, but I think we've, we talk a lot about, or I've talked a lot about with you, just not giving up your independence, that it should never feel like a sacrifice of your independence. I mean, it is in that you have to think about another person, but it's not in that, like, you're not, you're two independent whole people coming together Correct. to form mm-hmm. a, like, greater relationship that pushes you each to be better people like as individuals and together it's never like this it's never these two half people coming together right because you each have a complete you you each are a complete person and um and yeah that pairing together um again if you if you start giving up bits and pieces of yourself then you lose um you know you start to lose what brought you together in the first place so i think it's important to you know, yeah, remember that um, while compromise is expected um, in certain ac- aspects, there's co- there's a difference between compromise and I think losing or um, squashing, you know, what what is you, what makes you innately you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good advice, especially, yeah, I think when you're young, high school, college, and especially like experiencing like relationships for the first time. Um, but yeah, thank you for being on the podcast. I know you're nervous and didn't necessarily want to do it, but you did great. Um, oh, thanks. Of course, of course. And if you want to follow our podcast on Instagram, it is at the Hasis Podcast. Um, I'm not sure if this really, if this episode is going to go up before the dating anxiety one or dating anxiety for this one. I'm not sure the order of these, but we were kind of recorded them um in a small period of time um but yeah mom do you want to give your instagram just kidding (laughs) no (laughs) if mom ever accepts you to follow her instagram you you have made it um but thanks for being on the podcast mom i love you love you too do you want to say bye sis sure